Welcome to Autoimmune Revolution Radio. I'm your host, Justin Janoska, clinician and founder of the Autoimmune Revolution. After watching my mom suffer with autoimmune disease, I have made it my mission and purpose to help people like you. Unlock the door to better results, regain control of your body, and feel like yourself again. I want you to become an autoimmune alchemist and get your life back. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. May you be filled today with joy, abundance, and loving kindness. Peace and love. All right, welcome everybody to Autoimmune Revolution Radio. So my quote this morning, as I write on my whiteboard every morning, you can catch it on my Instagram story if you feel so inclined to watch, which I recommend. I have a lot of good things I post, but every morning I write a message on my whiteboard about something that I'm thinking about or reading. And today is, if we try to shield ourselves from discomfort, we suffer. Yet, when we don't close off and let our hearts break, we discover our kinship with all beings. So this relates to today's topic, ironically, and which is appropriately titled uh, Forgotten Signs of Health No One Is Telling You. And this episode is really intended to do two things. It's intended to point out some hidden signs of poor health that we overlook and also inviting us to look at health differently and seeing what healing really looks like in a larger context of wellness and wholeness. Okay, so many people do all the right things, they tell me, and maybe you're one of them. They, they eat well, they exercise, they drink water, drink clean water, they take supplements, right? They avoid toxins and eat organic food and all that stuff, right? But many people are still very sick, and I see it all the time. Functional medicine and conventional medicine are really centered around the doing more mentality of doing more, giving more, fixing more, removing things physically, right? Surgery, things like that, which might be necessary. There's a need for these things for sure. But this is beyond just lab values, right? Health is beyond lab values and fixing the body and really the absence of symptoms, I'll even say. So if you want to achieve optimal health and feel your best, look your best, then you need to do more than just a protocol. And that's a theme you're going to hear me say throughout this podcast over and over and over again. It's kind of why I've labeled myself now as the anti-protocol practitioner because in a sense... That is kind of how I'm teaching. It's really not about the protocol, I'll say. Like, it's it's not to say that protocols aren't necessary. If you've got candida or a metal issue, there are certain things you have to do, call it a, a protocol, if you will. But it's really about the intention and the energy behind it that, I'm, that I, have a hard, I have a difficult time with and that I am trying to help people change the way they look at this. So that's what I'm against, if you're going to call it anything. It's the idea of giving a protocol without any rhyme or reason and completely losing the justification behind it. So 
coming back to this, you got to do more than a protocol. If you're, if you're trying to control your, your autoimmune disease, your PCOS, your fertility, whatever illness you have. So if we are going to heal, whether it's autoimmune disease, Hashimoto's, lupus, MS, psoriasis, infertility, PCOS, whatever you have, if we're going to get better results and we want that, how does that look besides fixing the body, which is what we've been taught and what we've been doing? Because so many people have spent so much time, money, and energy on that stuff, and maybe you have as well. I'm going to take a guess to say you have. You spend so much of your resources trying to get physically well, and many people don't actually achieve it fully or ever at all, and it becomes a lifelong mission to get this under control because they have never paid enough attention to the places in, in their heart that have always been distressed, unhappy, and unfulfilled. And that's beyond trauma. That's part of it. It can be, but it really has more to do with the totality of humanness and what it is that we should be experiencing in our lives that we have not. So to give you some context, I was recently reading about people who are terminally ill with cancer and how even though their time left on earth is, is limited and short, they had healed before they died. That may not make a lot of sense, but think about that. They had healed before they died. People experiencing wholeness and healing, right, in this situation, meaning their hearts were open, their spirits were fully released, and they healed parts of themselves that they had ignored and dismissed and rejected their whole lives. And I heard stories of people who were more healed and more whole at the moment of their dying than at any time in their life. They had healed into death, essentially. So healing is not just of the body. And as I mentioned that quote earlier, right, it's about opening up to that stuff, which is very hard. Make no mistake, it's very difficult. But healing is not just of the body, of course. And my whole teachings with clients and what I've been trained in is mind-body medicine. So that's what I'm going to talk about. So people who discovered this innate healing really had transformed in profound ways, even though their body decayed, which is really interesting, right? Now, of course, some people actually healed and transformed and they got into remission and their cancer disappeared apparently and their body was still with them. But there's something to be said, and this is exactly why I will say it every single time, like with cancer, chemo radiation might be necessary and helpful, but you can't just obliterate cancer by doing that. If the mind isn't involved, if the consciousness is involved, the cancer will, re will return. There's so many amazing stories behind this and things I've heard and seen of people that have overcome the impossible when their doctor said that they're, they don't have much time left because they integrated this whole discussion here. So I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but I wanted to mention that. The healing of the body, though, right, is a byproduct of a new balance of mind and heart. Weight loss, for example, as I see with clients. 
I say this all the time. You want to lose weight. You want to add more energy. You want to have better hair and skin. You want to get pregnant. You want to have a healthy menstrual cycle. All of those things and more, that will happen as a byproduct of healing the mind and heart. It will come as a byproduct of, of rebalancing the chemistry in the body with your autoimmune disease, with whatever you have. There is no, I fix my body or I do this to get this result, to lose weight. I eat cut calories, I um, eat better, and that's it. It's not going to really work. It doesn't. If it did, it, you know, people wouldn't be struggling. They wouldn't be knocking at my door asking for different help. So maybe we need some fixing, right, for this for the body. Yes, we got to remove things like cancer maybe or at least try to. We can shrink this and do that and mend these weak links. But we need but, but what we need more of is a different kind of removal, not just the things in the environment, but the things obscuring the heart. So like the sun, right? Being obscured with clouds maybe on a day of overcast. Think of that analogy for a minute. Many people have many clouds, myself included, but they come and go. But for some people, these clouds really obscure the, the sun for their whole life. So health looks like overcast for many people. And removing the clouds and healing is not about forcing the sun to break through and shine, but letting go of the ego, the self, the self-defeating behaviors, the addictions, the resistance to change, the toxic acidic emotions that we that a lot of us have, like anger and shame, fear, guilt, unworthiness, the confusion that forms this armoring around the heart. That is what we need more work in. That is a lot of my work with clients is helping them break that shield, break that barrier so they can access the heart and allow these things to enter the heart and greet it with compassion and having an open invitation for it, which is tough. I mean, I, I can say for me, I don't have a hard time doing this. It's actually pretty easy for me and effortless to do this within reason. I mean, it depends on the, on the, tr the situation and the trauma, I guess. But, but you do so, and I do it because that is what leads to the end of suffering. By not doing that and armoring yourself from this stuff and the feelings that are buried away leads to eternal suffering. And this all relates to the parts of ourselves, the ego, the addictions, the behaviors, it's all stemming from this stuff. So we have to look deep within. But the point being that a lot of the reason why we're not getting results is not because of the body that needs more changing and fixing, but because we have clouds that have clouded our mind that are obscuring and blocking the wise, true self, your innate wisdom, your beingness, that is the sun. So we have to learn how to gain a deeper focus of mercy and awareness and bring that into the area of discomfort. And that is what opens the way to reveal the ever healed within. 
The, hindr the hindrances of the heart are the hindrances to healing. Remember that. The hindrances to the heart are the hindrances to healing. So perhaps a path of, uh, to healing and results becomes a matter of letting go of what blocks the path or the sun versus trying to give it more. Right? Instead of trying to make the sun become more prominent, instead of trying to force the body to do things, maybe it's more about removing some of the stuff and clutter that's in the way that we don't realize is there. And that's the first thing we got to talk about is if you're not aware that there's clutter and stuff in the way in these clouds, then yeah, that's the first step. Can't talk about removing things if we don't even know what's there. And that's about changing our consciousness and our awareness and seeing things differently and being aware of pains of our past that we're still living with, which I spent a lot of my work with clients trying to help them see some things they didn't know about. And eventually they realized this stuff. Um, I recently had a client who, who came to me saying, I don't have trauma. I had nothing going on, but has all these health issues and Hashimoto's of course. And I said, all right, cool. I hope you're right. I'm not here to convince you, you that you have trauma, <laughs> you know? So she's doing the assessment forms and I have some very thorough and detailed forms. I have people and it really does um, go into the shadows. They're, they're kind of forced to do that a little bit um, at their own pace, of course, and through their own willingness. And exploring her story in her narrative, she came to the realization that she's been dealing with grief for, for carrying that grief for a long time because she was reflecting on when her brother had been separated from the family. She never really got to grow up with him. And for reasons I forget exactly, but she basically lost that connection with her brother. And even though that sibling of hers did not pass away, she felt immense grief and has lived with that for many years. So grief can look, so she didn't know what to call it was the point is that there was a feeling that she felt in subconsciously that was stored away. And she moved on with her life, but she didn't really realize until that moment that she was suffering with grief. And that's the thing is that it's hard for us sometimes to label experiences and trauma because we don't really know. We don't have the right words or adjectives. And sometimes we can't even ex explain it. We don't have the capacity to because of how trauma damages the brain, which is a different discussion. But grief can look like many things. It's not about just death, right? So, is that an important piece to this healing puzzle? Yeah, I think so. It may not be directly affecting her health necessarily, unless she's acting on that grief and their behaviors and postures and things like that, that are um, suggesting that, but we all, we don't need to, to find that to, to prove that unresolved grief is a problem. Um, you know, we still have to realize that that can still affect the chemistry and, Thoughts and emotions are, are electrical fields. They are electrical charges that affect the cells. So we have to learn how to discharge those emotions, which is a whole practice. <laughs> Our whole life, we're doing that, right? So the point, again, the thing to come back to is that we are whole systems, internally complex, internally interactive, 
and mind and body connected. So therefore, health and the results you strive for hinges off of not just fixing the body, but again, must include the mental, emotional, social, and spiritual realms. But this is where the magic lies in everything else that you've been neglecting, potentially forgetting, or avoiding, or denying, which we do, which is mostly what I find people are lacking in. If all of your energy and focus is on the body, and doctors are telling you this, and that's all you've been told, and you ignore these other realms, nothing really does change and heal. Like I say often, with candida or cancer or something else, you can remove something and try to address it with quick fix protocols, but if the consciousness and the psyche hasn't changed, the behaviors probably haven't either, or the personality traits, or the nervous system, and then you recreate it all over again. That's why it's always about that in my mind. So if you are ill, then you must have a heartfelt openness and an investigative awareness that gently explores the physical and mental pains. Or you have to have an openness to your illness, a receptivity towards it, to work with it directly. And this willingness is a choice you make. No one can force you to do it. I can't. I don't force my clients to do this. But they know ahead of time, before they sign up, before we come to this agreement, like this is part of the healing. You have to be willing to do this. Otherwise, it won't work and we're not a good fit. Which, by the way, is why I have a screening and vetting process because I don't work. We don't work with just anyone. You have to be aware of the criteria here. There's, there's, there's a certain criteria to match. And I have to understand what you're getting yourself into because it's not worth my time or your time if you're not, if we're not on the same page. So there's a willingness you have to have to investigate the nature of how you came to be this way because that is the basis for results, the basis for healing. It's not about the speed at which you do it. It's about just being open to stepping into that. Maybe it doesn't happen tomorrow. Maybe it happens next month. Fine, but at least you give me the green light that you're willing to do that. That is what I need to see. So I want to speak more on these uh, under-recognized and less spoken signs of health for you to assess for yourself. What I find is that much of these signs of poor health are, are due to these hindrances of the heart, the obstacles that are buried within our psyche and our past. One thing I was thinking about before was, you know, things change when you let them, right? Things change when you let them. Are you allowing things to change or are you trying to control them to force a change that it's not ready to do, like the body? Are you allowing yourself to change? Are you allowing the, yourself the chance to change? Are you willing to change the way you look at health? If you are, then the things you want to change will change. Geez, how many times can I say change in 10 seconds? Right? Does that make sense? <laughs> so if we can understand what healing and good health entails and looks like, then we can see how different signs that we hadn't noticed before are really important to notice. 
signs I'm going to share with you to reveal a dimension of health that maybe you desperately need to bring into your field of consciousness. And from there, you can discern what needs your awareness and your attention. So my hope is that A, you notice these signs of health and you can evaluate it for yourself, these signs of health status that is, and B, ameliorate and improve these signs with the understanding that it's more than about a quick fix protocol of diet and supplements and medications, but requires a deeper healing that you may not have entered yet. Okay, so we're going to stop it right there, actually. And in the next episode, I'm going to dive right into this and tell you what these signs are. So stay tuned for that. I will see you next time. Peace and love.